superheroes, I'm Pink Phoenix, coming to you from Purdue University College of Veterinary Medicine's League of Vetahumans. Today, our special guest on Vetahumans Live is Dr. Joe on the go. I am so excited to have you on the show. Aw, thanks for having me. It's been absolutely wonderful seeing the evolution of your career. So I know how awesome you are. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name's Allison Joe, hence the Dr. Joe on the go. Um, I'm originally from Minnetonka, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. Um, I went to undergraduate at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, where I earned my um, Bachelor's of Science in Biology. And then I attended Purdue University for vet school. Um, after graduation, I moved to Chicago um, and got a job as an associate veterinarian um, at a busy small animal practice in the suburbs. I remained there until I was promoted to medical director. And, and a little over a year ago, I purchased por a portion of the hospital. Um, so now I'm co-owner there. And then about six months ago, I opened a second hospital, which is my own, um, which has been in the works for over two years. But um, we finally opened our doors six months ago. Um, and so I've been spending time growing my new practice and spending time at my old practice as well. Um, I still live in Chicago, the city, with um, my husband. I have an old English sheepdog um, and a cat. And then I have a new daughter who just turned one. Oh, it's so wonderful. Yeah. Congratulations on all accounts. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to know when the moment was that you decided to be a veterinarian. Hmm. <laughs> so that one... Hmm. It was it wasn't a single moment. I think it was a few different factors uh, at a young age and then later on when I was in college. So when I was younger, I had a cat that was diabetic. His name was Midnight. And so I while I was in grade school, I was responsible for most of his treatments, his insulin injections and caring for him. Um, and we'd always take him to the University of Minnesota teaching hospital for his treatment and workup. And I was always just really intrigued by veterinary medicine. Um, fast forward, I went to college and initially I was wavering between psychology, dentistry, um, human dentistry and veterinary medicine. Um, but I ended up doing a, um, not a study abroad, but I spent a summer in New Delhi, India, um, working at a nonprofit veterinary clinic um, that was treating street dogs in New Delhi. Um, and it just kind of reignited my desire to become a veterinarian. And so that's what made me pursue the application process. And, and here we are. <laughs> that's a great story. So how how was it giving insulin injections as a little kid? How, <laughs> how did you learn to do that? Yeah. Um, so it was a combination of, I think, the veterinarian and the technicians kind of showed me and my mother how to do it. And I think initially my mom started to do it. And then as I became more and more comfortable, I just kind of took over and, and, and midnight was my responsibility. So I took it very seriously. That's fantastic. So I love your superhero name. <laughs> on the go. It's incredibly fitting with everything that you do. You said you opened a new clinic, you have a new daughter. Aside from the pandemic, I know that you're an avid traveler, so I want to hear about everything. Yeah. 
let's start with what it's like opening a new practice and being a new mom at the same time. Yeah, so I would say this year has been um, hectic to say the least. Um, Luckily, I do have like an amazing support system, like an amazing partner and then an amazing professional support system um, to kind of help me get through everything. So Opening the clinic was exciting. Um, I got to do like a bunch of things that I never even imagined would be part of my career. Um, we got I got to decide like paint colors for the hospital and the name of the hospital and logo of the hospital. All things that, like I said, I never really envisioned as part of a career of a veterinarian. Um, luckily, I opened the practice. So the doors opened, even though it was in the works and the planning had been there for a while the the doors didn't open until about six months after having my daughter. Um, so luckily, we were already in the swing of daycare. Um, and my husband um, is always the pickup person. So he's been stepping up and kind of picking her up from daycare every day. And we've been able to really balance it well together, which has been great. Um, but it's been really rewarding at the same time. Like I'm excited to see as she grows. Um, this has been something that's really rewarding to me. And so I'm excited for her to be able to see when she's older that I do have a career that I've been really passionate about and worked really hard for. And I hope that this is something that she can see that from. I'm sure it will absolutely impact her. So what's the name of your hospital? It's called Harvester Veterinary Hospital of Burr Ridge. And Burr Ridge is just the name of the town that we're in. Good name. Mm-hmm. Good pick. So you have a very diverse clientele in the Chicagoland area. What strategies do you use to meet everybody's needs and make sure everybody feels welcome when they come into your practice? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, obviously, in the area that I'm at, I have a completely like diverse clientele. I have a whole spectrum of different types of clients that I'm seeing. And my main driver and my main goal is to make sure that I offer the best care for every single pet um, without making any assumptions on any of my clients. Um, I always kind of believe that there's not necessarily a gold standard that I always recommend, but I really feel like there is a spectrum of care. And I work with all my clients to provide kind of the best care along the spectrum for each individual pet and each individual family. Um, You know, I think that, you know, I see a lot of pets that maybe haven't had the best care before in the past, and, and maybe it's been an accessibility issue or just a comfort issue where they haven't found a veterinarian that they're comfortable with. But I always just try to assume the best intentions from the owner. And I just focus on communication and education. And I think that goes a long way. Um, I also really think that representation matters. And so having a diverse staff um, and staff members that can translate for my non-English speaker speaking clients is really beneficial as well. Excellent. What's the surgery that you love? So I really love um, like entropion surgeries for eyelids um, and cherry eye surgeries. So I had a cherry eye surgery this morning. Um, I really like digit amputations too, which sounds weird, but I love amputating toes and digits and things like that. Um, I do a lot of soft tissue abdominal surgeries. Um, I did a gastrotomy on Monday. I did a resection anamostis on Monday. And then I just did a cystotomy this morning. Um, and while I, I enjoy them, I don't enjoy them as much as, you know, eye surgeries, digit surgeries. Surgeries outside of the abdomen tend to stress me out a lot less. <laughs> 
So tell us about the eye surgeries for our listeners who don't know what entropion is. Yeah, so entropion is um, a condition that is really common in like bulldogs or cane corsos, kind of those bigger wrinkly breeds, um, smush face breeds where their eyelids will actually roll in. Um, that can cause issues because the fur will be rubbing constantly on the eye or the cornea. So it can cause pain, irritation, or corneal ulcerate or ulceration. Um, and so to correct that, basically we evert the eyelid um, so that the fur no longer rubs on the surface of the cornea. So um, basically we take a little wedge of skin underneath the eye out and then suture the two pieces together and it helps evert the eyelid so that it's not rubbing on the cornea. I bet they feel much better after. Yeah, I, I like them because they do, they're kind of one of those surgeries that gives you instant gratification. They come in like squinting really bad um, and, and visually they look, you know, not like they shouldn't. And then immediately afterwards, their their eyelids are kind of in normal apposition and, and they're not squinting as much after surgery. So it's one of those surgeries that gives you that immediate sense of gratification. That is always nice. Yes, yeah, so. What has been your best day ever as a veterinarian so far? Yeah, I that one's hard. I I can't pinpoint one day that has been my favorite. I think my favorite days in general are the days where I'm scheduled with a lot of rechecks with my long-term clients that I've been managing and treating for a long period of time. I love following up with people that I've been seeing for years, um, good or bad. I just love touching base with them and making a plan and helping them get to where like they and their pet want to be. And so I think that's one of my favorite parts of, um, you know, being a vet and my day-to-day activities. Um, at the same time, I love days when I see new clients as well. Like, like we talked about before with um, my clientele here, I'm seeing a lot of new clients and it's, um, I see a lot of clients and I love meeting clients that haven't necessarily taken the best care of their pets in the past, whether that's because they weren't educated on how to, or just didn't know the importance of certain things or haven't felt a, a vet that they're comfortable with. I love being able to provide that ed- education and, and proper preventative care so that um, my clients can make sure that their pets have the longest and happiest health long term. And I think that's really important. When you get a new client in, how do you tell them about pet care? A lot of times I just kind of start off with where they're at, like the things that they're doing that is good and healthy for the pet. I focus and then, you know, let them know that they they should continue this, you know, whether that's the food or the lifestyle or, or, you know, certain things that they're doing. I want to make sure that they know what they're doing right. And then I just kind of introduce, you know, oh, your dog hasn't had this type of vaccine before. And in this area, we see this disease a lot. And so I think it's important that your pet has this vaccine right now. Um, Same with like heartworm disease. You know, some people don't believe that if they're you know, pet only stays in their yard that they may not be exposed to heartworm disease. But I see heartworm disease in all types of dogs in the city and the suburbs everywhere. And so just the education that, you know, any dog in this area needs certain vaccines and needs heartworm treatment, heartworm preventative and heartworm testing is is something that I typically start with. Excellent. Very important. (laughs) Tell us what it's like being a veterinarian during the pandemic. So it's it has changed a lot over, you know, over the past two years. And I think, you know, now we're even getting to a point where, you know, it's becoming 
more and more normal. Um, you know, at in 2020 and for some of 2021, it was different because we were doing primarily curbside, meaning we would have um, the pets be brought in, but the owners would remain in the car um, and we would do most of the communication over the phone, um, which is still effective. But I, I do miss I at those times I did miss that face to face communication. Sometimes having those hard conversations over the phone just isn't the same as having them face to face. And so um, I really had to work on some of my communication skills to make sure that I was still effectively communicating, even when we weren't face to face. Um, now we're we're still um, we're, we're allowing people back in the building gradually. And, and so that's really nice to be seeing my, my patients and, and clients face to face at our hospital. We, we still do have staff members and um, clients wear masks for right now. That's always changing and it still definitely could change in the future. But we're just kind of taking it one step at a time. So who are all the members of your team at the hospital? What positions do they have? Yeah, so um, at my new hospital, we have um, three receptionists. And so they're the person answering the phones and, and greeting you as you come in the door. Um, I also have um, a few certified veterinary technicians and veterinary assistants. Um, and so they're the ones kind of assisting me through my day-to-day -day activities, um, restraining animals, drawing blood, um, monitoring for surgery, things like that. Um, I have one other associate veterinarian who um, works on the on a lot of days when I'm not here, and then we work together some days. And then um, my hospital manager, who kind of keeps everything up and running, and and the everything organized and and running smoothly. So my hospital manager too. That's a big team. Mm -hmm. You must be proud. Yeah. Let's talk about what you do for fun outside of veterinary <laughs> medicine. I always love seeing the photos of all your travels. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite destination spot? So that was hard for me. That's hard for me too, because I obviously love traveling. I've traveled a lot. Um, I think one of my favorite locations that actually surprised me because it was a trip that my husband was more excited about. We went to Scotland because my husband's an avid golfer. Um, and he does like scotch whiskey. And so he was very excited about Scotland. And I was, you know, being a supportive partner and going along. And I thought it'd be fun as well. But I was just amazed with how beautiful it was, how much hiking we did. Um, and the food was actually really good, too. So I, I Scotland was a surprise. Um, I really like Asia, too. I, I We've been to Vietnam and Hong Kong and Singapore. And I really like those destinations, too. Excellent. How many places have you gone? Oh, gosh, I don't know off the top of my head. I've been to most, I, I've been to places in North America. I've definitely been to South America. So I've been to Brazil and South America, um, Africa. I've been to Tanzania and Morocco. Um, I've been to Europe and then I've been to all those places in Asia. So I don't know off the top of my head, but I've kind of covered the globe pretty, pretty uniformly. I've not been to Australia or Antarctica. So those are a few continents I'm missing right now. <laughs> So what's next on your list? So that with COVID and stuff, that has been harder. We've we've always dreamed of going to Japan, and I still want to go to Japan, and I don't know when when that will be happening. But um, for now, we're just kind of looking at different domestic travels and throughout North America and stuff like that. So we just went to you know, we've been kind of trying to go to a lot of national parks. So um, we just did Yosemite um, last year, and so we'll probably hit up a few more national parks this year. Hopefully things will get back to where you can travel again soon. Yes, exactly. Since 
COVID-19 cut into your ability to travel, what have you been doing for fun during the pandemic? I mean, obviously, I've had a lot of spare time with the new clinic and the new baby. <laughs> I know. I just, you must be um, But no, I mean, with the pandemic and everything and us not traveling as much, we, we, I have been looking for, you know, new hobbies and new things to do. I've definitely, um, been reading a lot more. Um, you know, a few of my friends and I kind of started our own little book club. And so we've been doing that. Um, and then I've also been really into, um, birding. I was always a really big fan of birds when I was like younger, I would always plant all of our birds, bird feeders with like seed and the types of bird feeders to attract the most amount of birds to our house growing up. And so I've always liked birds, but I haven't really paid attention to them recently. And so I kind of got into birding again and um, figuring out what birds I can find in Chicago has been fun. What's your favorite bird? So I really like like birds of prey. Like I love bald eagles. I love red-tailed hawks and Cooper's hawks. But I like water birds too. Like I like, we, I see a ton of like great blue herons in Chicago and like night herons and things like that. So I, I like those birds. Yeah, we get some herons out back of our house. Yeah. And I saw a bald eagle the other day Whoa. on the way yeah. back from the grocery store. That's awesome. I know. It's weird because it's surprisingly, I do see bald eagles a lot in Chicago. Actually, on the road that I drive on my commute to work, I probably see a bald eagle like once every other month, like either on a light pole or like just flying in the sky above me. And so I, it's funny because I see bald eagles all the time in Chicago, which I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, I think I've only seen three, and we have some nesting on my way to work, but they're never out when I dress up. Yeah, <laughs> they're hiding. That's way cool. Mm -hmm. So you have your book club. What have been the most influential books that you've read lately? Yeah, I, so, oh, there's so many good books, and we've been, I've been reading so many books with everybody, but um, I, the, our book club read, like, The Immortalist last year. Um, which was a really good book. Um, I'm currently reading Good Rich People, which is a it's just kind of like an entertaining book. I think they're going to make it in a TV series, so I'm I'm kind of excited to to read that before it comes out on TV. And then right now, I always on my commute too. I always read like listen to a book on tape, and so I've been listening to The Vanishing Half, which is actually very good so far. So yeah, excellent. Good recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about your superpowers next. <laughs> what are they and how do you use them to support others through the League of Beta Humans? Yeah, so I would say my superpower would be, I guess, my like commitment and, and dedications to my um, patients, their pet parents, and then just like the veterinary profession as a whole. I, I feel like I really do love my job and I love the impact. Um, and I want future veterinarians to feel the same way. Um, I have the opportunity to serve a diverse pet owning population. And while my life has been very hectic lately, <laughs> I do want to continue to host, you know, as many veterinarian externs and kind of expand on community outreach um, for even younger populations of aspiring veterinarians. So I, I guess just my dedication and commitment, not only to my patients and, and pets, but just to the veterinary community as a whole, I think is my superhero power. <laughs> so you mentor through Possibilities Vet Med, right? Yeah, yeah I do. Mm-hmm. 
Can you tell us more about that program? Yeah, so it um, kind of works to connect um, different mentors with mentees. And so the mentees, um, the, the mentees can be anyone from, you know, a vet student to a new grad to a high school student or undergrad student looking for mentors in the um, veterinary community, um, whether that's the same interest as them, whether that's the same geographical region as them. Um, and so it kind of helps pair and match mentors with mentees. And so I have a, I'm currently mentoring a, a vet student um, from Tufts. Um, so yeah, and the focus is really um, working with um, underrepresented populations as well to trying to help them find mentors that they feel comfortable with. It's an outstanding program, and I encourage our listeners to look it up. Before we have to end this awesome podcast, what inspirational message do you have for our listeners who want to be veterinarian? Yeah, I would say um, just focus on your overall positive impact. Um, Focus on the difference that you're making um, there's always going to be hard days. There's always going to be stressful days. Um, but just remember all the good that you're doing and, and be kind to yourself. It's a wonderful message. <laughs> you can learn about other League of Veta Human superheroes at VetaHumans.org. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it with your friends. And remember, use your powers for good. 